Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. If I have not had the absolute pleasure of meeting you yet, I am Joey Geikema. I've uh, been going here for a Hello, Shannon. I've uh, been going here for a few years. Uh, today, for Proverbs, we're talking about discernment. So, to get um, some blood flowing to begin with, uh, what, how would you all define how the world um, defines discernment? How does the world see discernment? How would they define it? Knowledge. Knowledge, okay. Knowledgeable decision making. That's good. What else we got? I think the world would define it as doing what feels like the right thing to you. More of a subjective thing than anything. Yeah. I think that's true. What about any of the, any of you kids? You guys think anything different or anything uh, to, you guys want to add to that at all? Yeah, no, I think, I think all y'all are spot on. Um, so that's good. So keep that in mind as we talk today as how that deviates from what Scripture says uh, discernment is uh, and kind of think through and reflect on after today uh, the difference between what the Bible says and what the world says and how are you living your life in alignment with which uh, and where do you more follow the wor- world instead of uh, Scripture. So just... Disclosure of how today will go. Uh, I will not be giving you answers on like this is the decision you should make in life. Like, should you choose this job or this job? You know, when you're picking classes in school, which classes to pick, or whether you should buy a house right now, or who uh, Brian Davis should give books out to in Sunday evening services. So he struggles with discernment on that. Uh, but what we will go through uh, is we will first work through what. How should we understand discernment uh, from the book of Proverbs? Uh, how do we get it? How do we apply it? Well, with a general broad sense of that. And then why, as a Christian, uh, do we need to know what this is? What does this matter for us in our faith and our walk with Christ? So with that being said, if I can please get a volunteer to open us up in prayer today. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. So starting with the what, we're going to look at what does Proverbs say discernment is not. Discernment is not. So if I can get a volunteer to please look up Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Jason. And then also 14, verse 8. Andy, thank you. So while they're flipping there, um, if you look at your handout, if you did not get one, they're over there in the back on a chair. If you look forward at all the bold verses, those are the ones we'll be going over through today. So feel free to flip ahead 
uh, to help things move a little bit quicker. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll be going through the bold ones. Did I give you enough time, Jason? Yeah. All right. Um, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So yep, we see right away that this is a direct contrast of what you know Kevin and, and Greg and Eden were saying. The world defines as discernment. It is not wisdom of yourself. It is fear of the Lord. You know, you can look at this all the way from a, a national perspective. As the United States, our country seeks to, you know, continue to grow in power from our own wisdom and understanding and how we want to define the world and keep that global influence as a sole superpower. It's all self-focused, self-interest on our own nation. You see that with competitive nations like China or Russia wanting to change the world order where they're on a equal status at least with us or even you know change the world dynamic where they can more influence the global dynamics under their likeness, under their own wisdom, um, how they act and how they think. It's all defined by self. And then exactly what Eden was saying when you go down to the, the individual level and so all your own feelings, your own thoughts, what is going to make you feel good now and later? How can you build yourself up, grow your own influence and power? That is how we look at discernment defined by the world. And right off the bat, this very first verse, we see that that is the complete opposite the Lord is saying through the book of Proverbs. It is not of yourself, it does not come from within, but it comes from the fear of the Lord. All wisdom and discernment, first and foremost, starts with God. So again, it is not of the self. All right, 14, verse 8, please. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is So this is one of those contrast verses in Proverbs. You have discernment contrasted with deceit. So why do you think Solomon would contrast discernment and deceit as opposed to discernment and not discerning? What, what is it he's trying to show the difference between with contrasting discernment and deceit? Exactly. And if you could please say your name, because I don't know everybody in here. Drew. Drew. Is that what you said? I got big ears, but I'm deaf. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, exactly. So <laughs> deceit is pulling away from the truth, right? It's trickery. It's, it's distorting what is the truth and what is, what is God wanting for us. Discernment is seeking the truth, trying to move forward and do what Lord uh, has for us. So that is why he is contrasting the two. Uh, even if you look at the New Testament, right, most of the epistles written, there's a huge chunk of it, if not the main point of that letter, is to warn and advise against false teachers, against deceit, against lies, and trying to push into the believers discernment to tell the truth, or yeah, tell the difference between the truth and the lie. All right, we see that even now in the current series of Acts. Paul being opposed by those who would distort the truth. And he is trying to help the Christians, uh, help the new believers and the unbelievers, the Gentiles, be able to discern between the difference between what the world says, which is deceit, and the truth, which is in the word. So we see that there in a couple like examples of what that looks like in real life. 
You know, Jason mentioned this a few, almost a month ago, the Council of Nicaea, right? There's a lot of deceit going on about who Jesus was, is that um, they believe that he was a creation, that he was not really God. So a bunch of believers got together to discern, to establish a truth that know that Jesus is eternal, that he is God. So they were applying discernment to combat deceit. You see that also why the purpose behind our church covenant here in Delray Baptist Church, the elders, when the revitalization of the church was going on, developed the church covenant to establish the truths that we need to be able to assemble and have fellowship and membership with one another to tell us apart from the world and to guard us then from the deceit so we know who is who we are and who is one another and who are we accountable to. So that's why you have that contrast between discernment and deceit here in this verse so we, we can hold on to that discernment is not deceit. There is a clear de delineation between the two. All right. With that being said, though, the other half of 14.8 starts to show us what discernment is. It derives from wisdom. Um, I think, yes, Kevin was saying this. It is, is a wisdom product. From wisdom then leads to discernment. But you can't have any discernment with starting first without the wisdom that's in the Word. And we'll get into that more in a little bit. But how else could you define uh, discernment from the Bible? How else would you think that the Word uh, defines that for us. Yeah, that's that's very good. Understanding God's will. Yes, that's a big part of it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. What's your name again? Jackie. Jackie. And yours? Brendan. Brendan. I'll probably ask it again. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so if you look at your handout, uh, so the definition is: is the application of wisdom through the understanding of the gospel revealed by the Holy Spirit, where the Bible gives us freedom of discretion. Again, it's the application of wisdom through the understanding of the gospel revealed by the Holy Spirit, where the Bible gives us freedom of discretion. And just full disclosure, this is my definition, so meaning it's not perfect. So be thinking about this definition as we go on and as you reflect on this topic after this for ways to make it better and make it more clear to you what the Bible has to say. This is a starting point. This is not the end-all, be-all. This is what discernment is. Um, so with that, if I can have somebody please look up 19 verse 8. Drew, thank you. And 5, 1, and 2. Thanks, Eric. You're too slow, Shannon. Better luck next time. So this definition we're going to continue to unpack uh, throughout the, the lesson today, but we're starting with that it is derived from wisdom. Uh, and in 19, verse 8, whenever you got it, Drew. 
Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. So I just want to start here and build a common foundation that discernment is actually good. It's something we should seek. It is something we should want. It's not something we should be apathetic about. Uh, I know that's very basic and common. We probably all understand that. But just want to make it clear that it is a good thing and that it could lead to good things, to discovery of good things, as it says in this verse. Um, you know, you take Eric back there and four score and seven years ago when like him and the Kells and the Hamiltons and if Mark Butman and a few other families came to this church, right, and, and started a revitalization. They did not know what God was going to do, but from their own limited wisdom, what the Holy Spirit revealed to them, they decided to come and be part of this church anyway, when they were all in a very healthy church in Capitol Hill Baptist Church, where they were growing and, 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 and uh, continuing to be sanctified and have fellowship with other believers. But they came out here anyway, and over time, over the many years that they've been here, the Lord has been abundantly gracious to all of them, I think they would agree, and show them the good that he had planned throughout all of it. As more and more believers have come here, as we've continued to send out people from here to go pastor other churches, to go just be healthy members of other churches around the whole globe from the good that they did four score and seven years ago. Um, and sure, each family has their own trials, seen their own difficulties as time has gone on. But they've all also seen that the Lord is good beyond any of their expectations. I mean, would you disagree with that at all, brother? Yeah. So, yes, discernment is good. God uses it for good. And then 5, uh, 1 and 2, please. So I'm going to take that verse and we're going to distill it down to the basics of what I think we're seeing there. Is that discernment keeps discretion. So by that, what do you think that Solomon is saying? First, what does that word discretion mean? And what does it mean with discernment keeps discretion? That's very good. Making choices. That's exactly what I was going for. Freedom to choose, uh, whether it's for good or for bad, it's, it's the decision-making process, making choices. So I want to take a minute and just stop and reflect on that on, and encourage you all to think on and appreciate the gift that God gives all of humanity and the freedom to make choices. Uh, this goes all the way back to the beginning. I mean, this led to the fall, right, in Genesis 3 where God gave Adam and Eve discretion from the very beginning, but then they used it poorly. They did not properly apply discernment, which led to sin and death marked out for all time. So God gives this amazing, huge gift, and for better or for worse, it's for us to use. 
to quote Spider-Man, um, one of my favorite Marvel characters, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, and this is true for our discretion, all right? Not so much in a fun superhero way, but to put in perspective, you know, look at, think about police officers, all right? I was one for a hot minute, and when you think about in a legal sense, you know, if Drew were to commit a crime back when I was the police, I could put him in handcuffs, I could stop him, I could place him in jail, or I could choose to do none of that. I could choose to have a conversation with him and tell him, don't do that again. But that was within my power to decide. Or in extreme circumstances, I would even have the power to take somebody's life or use lethal force. That is an incredible amount of power. That, and the police department put me through months of training. I went through a long you know, probationary, increased supervision to make sure that I had the discernment, the legal knowledge to be able to properly apply that discretion in everyday life in a, in a variety of circumstances. Well, that's just legally. God, though, through the Holy Spirit, gives us discretion, I mean discernment, so we can actually please him through right worship, through obedience. That's the purpose of discernment. It's through the revelation of the Holy Spirit so we can know what to do that actually honors the Lord and we can actually obey him. And that's why it's, it's so important. We'll get more into that as this goes on. But just want to drive home that, I mean, God overall, over time through the process of sanctification, grows our discernment to properly apply discretion in our life. And another way I could say, as we grow in love and submission towards Jesus, right, he, the Holy Spirit within us grows our discernment in order to use that discretion to make decisions that actually please the Lord. So it all comes down to, and that's why it matters, because we have the ability to not do that. And that's why we need that discernment so we can do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. So with that, have I confused anybody? Do we have any questions? comments, insights, and I will at least wait awkwardly for one or two. Yeah, that's so true. And if like if you've noticed, like everything so far I said today is like if you've been here since January, there's nothing new. This has been a repeated theme, and repeated things have been said over and over and over again through different topics of Proverbs. Uh, of, of everything comes back down to rightly worshiping and seeking the Lord, and it all comes from His Word. Like this is just me continuing to repeat the same thing. I have I have nothing new for you today continue to extrapolate what has already been said throughout the rest of the semester. Sure. So think, thinking about 
Right. And that's why it's tricky and difficult and why we need help. Exactly. I mean, and that's why we, that's why we contrasted that verse earlier that Solomon laid out for us, that the, the opposite of discernment is deceit, right? It is pulling us away from the truth where we need that discernment given by the Lord so it can push us towards the truth and not be swayed back and forth by false teachers or by weak theology, but that we can be firm in what the word actually says. That's the point of discernment. So with that, we will now transition to, okay, so that was what it is not and what it is to how do we get it? Again, nothing surprising from the word comes from the Bible. So if I can please have somebody look up uh, 29 verse 18. Bill, appreciate you. And 19, verse 20. Brendan, right? Nailed it. All right, Pastor Bill. Where there's no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. The blessed is he who keeps the law. So, who was talking about will and intent of the uh, Lord earlier? Was that you, Kevin? Somebody did. Anyway, uh, when you look at this, back then, back in the time of Solomon writing, they had prophets coming in and out. One of the last ones, like near the start of Solomon's reign, being Nathan, who you see prominent in David's life, is prophets who bring the vision and intent and will of God to the people because Christ had not come yet. They didn't have the Holy Spirit inside them showing them what the Lord's will and intent is in the Word. So they just had the first five books of the Bible, right? The law. And they would teach them a law. They would, would, would usually come with words of rebuke, with words of repentance, telling the Israelites over and over again when they would fall away from sin, repent of your sins, follow the Lord, keep the law, for it is good. So what Solomon is saying here, without the prophets coming in and telling us over and over again, repent, follow the Lord, this is what the Lord has for you, do what he says, they will cast off restraint. They will quickly go back to unrepentant sin, to idols, and to their evil ways. Why? Because they don't have the Lord within them. That's the difference between now and then. But he said, even without that, though, we should still follow the law, for this is good. This is God's word. We should be following it. So much more so today, yes, we still have the law, which is still good of showing up how much we actually sin, how much we need a Savior, it still has a purpose and is for our good today. Like our brother Eric was showing us without Psalm 119, this is the longest chapter in the Bible just telling you how good God's Word is. Um, but with that, we now have the whole Bible that shows us the entire revelation of beginning to end of God's redeeming work of salvation from Genesis to Revelation of how He's redeeming us to Himself and has the Messiah, has the answer of, of what the truth is. And so it was good then, but so much more now that we have the entirety of it for salvation, for redemption. The mystery has been solved and the gospel is laid out. So we should be going to the word for all discernment. That's where it starts and that's where it comes from. Uh, like it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And for training in righteousness. All right? From the word comes discernment. Also, though, who had 1920? 
you can figure it up. Listen to advice and accept instructions that you may gain wisdom in the future. It comes from wise counselors. And yes, that says we should accept advice, but what type of advice should we accept? What type of advice should we be looking for? And who should we be looking for it from? What makes them wise? Yes, we should be looking for advice that is going to apply the word to our lives. Because we saw already that discernment and wisdom comes not from self, right? It's not intrinsically drawn, but it comes from the Lord. So we should be looking for wisdom that does derive from the word. That's why our elders, if you look at 1 Timothy, I think it's chapter 3, one of their qualifications is able to teach because God doesn't want them to give us their wisdom. He wants them to apply the wisdom of the word to the church, to leading to the church and the congregation's lives. And that's why there's such an emphasis on it, because it's from the word that all wisdom and discernment is derived from, from not from man. Uh, but not just from the words, we could also see it from godly example, from watching people live out the gospel, live out the word in their lives. So I would ask you to reflect on and think about who do you have in your life that you actually have a relationship that you're doing life with on a regular basis and who you're in homes with that is a godly example to you you know and, and if you don't have that look around this room there's a number of people in this room that i would happily recommend to you to look at their lives know they're not perfect you'll see their sins as well as what they do well but to give you examples of what they do and righteousness of living out the word. Like our dear sister Wormka, the way she invites people into her home and loves them so well is a huge encouragement. She is a great example for sisters and godliness and righteousness to use. You know, the Stapletons, Chris and Lauren, no, yes, sister, you are. <laughs> great example, the way they partner with other families, the way they make people feel welcome into church and welcome new people and get people involved right away and make them feel loved through intentionality, through sharing Christ's love with them, through their life. And I, I mean, I could go on all day, so I'll, I'll cut it out there. But there is, this room is filled with examples of that. So from the Word, by people applying the Word, and by people living out the Word, that's how we can get discernment. And now, moving on to the application piece. Oh, one more, one more thing on that, sorry. Since there is a lot of young people in here. Praise God that you have all graduated children's ministry. If you're here, you did graduate, I promise. We, we didn't do graduation, so everyone, I'm sorry. It's okay. But because you're in here, right, that doesn't mean you're no longer just with your parents and with your peers in children's ministry, but you're surrounded with other believers in the church. So this is a great opportunity that after equipping hour, you get to know other people in here, other than your parents, and form relationships with them so you can hear the word and do life with other believers other than your parents. Praise God, keep doing life with your parents. Keep learning from them and from their example. But there's, that's why we do life in a church, so you can learn from a variety of people because your parents aren't perfect, so you need to learn from the totality of the body. That's why we're all doing this together. That's why we're here to get equipped to do that better to one another. So, sorry, just wanted to throw that out there. And then for adults to actually invest in them and go talk to them, since they'll probably sit there shyly and not talk to you. <laughs>
but prove me wrong. All right, application comes down to one thing. It's not hard. It is hard to live out, but trust God. You know, it's the same thing we've been talking about since January. Just trust the Lord. If I can get somebody to look up, please, 3, verses 5 and 6, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Throw a hand up on there. Yeah, Lauren, thank you. All right, 1633. Andy, thank you. Why are we ready? Yes, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. Discernment does not come from self. It does not come from within, within your own power, wisdom, and understanding, and your life experience, even though those things can help. But it comes from the Lord. Trust in the Lord with your discernment, with this making decisions, and with your actions. Whether good or bad, God will work all things for his glory and honor. So even if you fail, if you make the wrong choice, and you incorrectly apply discernment, God will still use that for your sanctification and to grow you. So trust the Lord. Yes, continue to seek to get better at it, right? By going to the Word and from other believers. But no matter what happens, we can trust God because He is good and He is for us and He's not against us. And He promises to use all things for His glory and for our growth. So we can trust in that. 1633, please. All right, and even though we don't do lots anymore, we, we've used this verse multiple times in this class, right? Just to reiterate that God is, not only can we trust him, but he's also sovereign over, over it, over all of it. He is in control, so we, that's another reason why we can trust him and trust his, uh, how he's going to use it for his honor and glory, even if we screw up, because he's sovereign over all of it. Nothing, he doesn't, he's not surprised by anything. His plans are not swayed by your mistakes or your failures or your inability to apply discernment and does not throw him off. No, we can trust in his sovereignty. We can trust in the Lord with our discernment uh, for good or for bad. God will use it. That is not an excuse to sin or to flippantly make bad decisions, but that that does allow us to in him and continue to move forward and accept the risk knowing that we don't know all the answers and to do to the best of the ability that the Holy Spirit has given us. So that being said, I will pause again for any questions, complaints, confusion, insights, and I need at least two. Right. And even in those circumstances, you know, often we don't see up front or even for years and years or maybe even in this life. OK, well, what, what was the good in that, Lord? How did this glorify for you glorify you? But in the end, 
he will reveal all things and we move into the next life, how he's been working all of this for his honor and his glory. Uh, and I think a great example of that is our dear, dear, sweet past sister, Erin Brown, with her testimony for very hard circumstances, how she continued to glorify God, trust in him, the testimony. I myself, I am so encouraged by her, and that was an impact on my faith, encouraging me in my walk in the Lord, something very tragic that the world would not see any good in, but that the Lord used in my heart, and I know many other people in this congregation and in her own family. Yep. No, that's a good point. I was debating whether to bring that up or not, but since you did, I will. Um, because this is going off a little bit in the, in the, to the right field, so, but I will follow this squirrel path. All right, so that is the point of me bringing up trust in the Lord, because I, I don't think it is good and wise to get into indecision, um, and that we should, as Christians, being willing to make prudent risk. By prudent risk, I mean as defined by the word uh, and, and seeking out God's glory. As you see Paul in the New Testament, sometimes staying in a town, enduring persecution for the gospel, and sometimes leaving that town and moving on to the next one so he could continue to live and spread the gospel. So, uh, but, but, he, but each time he made a conscious decision and moved out. And God used that for his, for his plan and purpose. And so he trusted the Lord in all those decisions. I think also of Jesus' parable of the people with the talents. And you have the one guy who is called, you know, lawful and evil servant because he took his one talent that the Lord entrusted, to, or in the parable was entrusted to him and he buried. So what did he do with it? He did nothing. It was, it was indecision. He said, you should at least put it in a savings account, right? And, and accrued, at least I would have made interest on it. And so it's not that, it's that he didn't trust the Lord. He didn't take action, whatever the capacity that he had to make, for good or for bad. It's that he did nothing, that he was apathetic. Our faith is an active thing. We believe, so we take action. You know, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, God saves us so we can go out and do the good works that he has uh, given to us. So that's why we must trust God and, and make those decisions. And, 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 but actually make it and trust in him, even if it's bad, that he will use it. Is that helpful? Yes. Right? That's, that's how we get discernment, right? By watching people with godly character 
And also we can watch it from people with sinful character as warnings of what not to do, of what displeases the Lord. That's why at the beginning we first looked at what is not discernment so we can know this is what the Bible is saying it's not and not be fooled by that. Anything else? Pastor Bill? Um, just thinking about how to get discernment, I think a lot of times situations arise where scripture is not crystal clear. And then you see multiple counselors and one may look at one principle from scripture and give counsel one way and the other mm. may give completely. So what mm. would you do or say to someone that's in that position that's like, I want to honor the Lord issue I'm wrestling with isn't crystal clear in scripture. I'm getting godly people giving different counsel. How do I gain discernment? Go to the elders and submit to your elders. Um, 1 Timothy 3, right? That's why um, I laid out that one of those qualifications is able to teach because God is gifting them to the church so that, that they can apply discernment of the word to your life. They might be wrong. They're not perfect. Every once in a while, Bill and Eric are wrong. Not often, but sometimes. Dan as well. Uh, and then also you see in Hebrews the, the, the responsibility and the emphasis of that placed on the elders that they will receive double judgment and that they're also worthy of double honor, right? For either handling the word well or mishandling the word. When you're getting de- or conflicting advice and you don't know what to do, that's why the elders are here. Seek them out. They may be right and they may be wrong, but I would just encourage you, since they are gifted to the church and that's part of their responsibility, that's a good place to start. Unless they're completely mishandling the word, which I completely affirm all the elders in Delray Baptist Church, um, they have blessed my life, all of them, in various ways. Uh, we are blessed to have the elders that we do have. Um, but that is part of their responsibility. And even a lot of times, right, when I'll go... I'll, Multiple times I've gone with a hard decision, right, to Chris Dish. And, and Chris, you know, he'll never tell me the answer, but Joey, do this. He'll be like, well, that's hard. Let's think about that. And I'm like, well, you didn't give me an answer. <laughs> um, but he'll just point me to prayer, right, and point me to the word. And even if I don't have a clear answer of what to do or still have conflicting advice from other believers, some point you just need to make a decision and it's still trust in the Lord and that's why I said for good or for bad because you can still make a wrong decision and we'll get to that later and that's okay because God has grace for that and like Eric said he'll still use that to grow us and others around us but before you do that if you really are getting that conflicting advice and really confused that is why God gives the elders to the church to, to help us with discernment they might not give you the answer, but they'll at least help frame your mind, Fred. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, that's getting more into the weeds of it. I think you're right on, Greg. Um, but I'm purposefully keeping this very broad uh, and doing the Chris dish and not giving you the answer. <laughs> but yes, 
so we'll, we'll keep moving on because uh, we're time flies when you're having fun. So if I could have uh, somebody please look up chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, Jason. And we're going to get crazy. We're going to go wild. We're going to go outside of Proverbs here. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Throw on a hand up like I just don't care. Karen, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, Karen. All right, so we've talked about the how, what is, how to get it, how to apply it, and we'll finish off with, okay, that being true, as a Christian, why does this matter? Why do we need discernment? Why should we be seeking it? Why is it good? First and foremost, and most importantly over everything else, is to receive salvation. So, Jason? So now, if you look at the totality of this chapter, I do believe like Solomon is writing about a general wisdom and discernment will help you in life. It'll be good for you and provide you general blessing. Um, and it's a, this chapter kind of all goes together, and that is the, the theme as you're going throughout the Proverbs uh, of that chapter. That being said, though, if you look at that verse 2, if somebody uh, were to perfectly and completely actually have like what it says perfect wisdom and discernment so you're perfectly fearing obeying trusting lord in all things perfectly making expert discernment and the perfect decision in everything never sinning never screwing up yes that that would give you life but solomon knew in writing this and we know now nobody can do that right and so that's why in the frame of it and the theme throughout that chapter is a general Hey, do, seek these things, and it will provide benefit and blessing to you. But Bill talked about this a few weeks ago, or last time he taught in here, and it might have come up a few other times, but if you take a step back, right, and you look and see the biblical theology and how, what is Proverbs' place in God's story of redemption, the totality of the Bible, you see that it's Christ who fulfilled these things. Christ is the only one who's able to actually do that proverb to the extent that Solomon alludes to of having that perfect wisdom and discernment leading to life everlasting. And he gave that up and dies on the cross, right? Resurrects, rises again so that we can have that because we can never do that. So that is the most important part of discernment is knowing that it's only through Christ's discernment and his perfect knowledge and fear of the Lord and his life here on earth that we are able to have any of this. Uh, if you, 1 Corinthians 2.14, please. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Right. So as we talked about, outside of Christ, outside of God, we do not have discernment, period. It is only spiritually derived. So if Christ hasn't come and lived on this earth and died and rose again, there would be no hope for you to ever be able to spiritually discern anything or to have any wisdom or knowledge of how to please the Lord outside of prophets continuing to come down and saying, repent of your sins and following the laws we talked about earlier. That's the only way Israel knew what to do. And as soon as they would go away, what would they do? Cast off restraint, return to sin. But because Christ came down, we are now able to have discernment. 
All right? It took the Holy Spirit then to remove the scales from our eyes and give us the ability to see the gospel, to see that Jesus is God. It took the Holy Spirit to help us to actually believe in it, to not just know it, because the demons know and they are still damned to hell. But through the Holy Spirit, we're actually able to believe that Jesus Christ is God, that if we believe in him, we can actually have eternal life, that this is real, it's a reality. We can have salvation. So this is why this is essential to the faith. This is essential to the Christian because without the Holy Spirit giving us any discernment to this, we would not know the truth of the gospel. It would be impossible for us to get saved outside of the Holy Spirit's work within us. This does not excuse us of our sin and of our actions, but provides truth and and, and trusting and, and, and faith in the Lord and thankfulness that his Holy Spirit has for those of us who are saved, have put us from darkness into light and revealed us the truth, giving us that spiritual discernment. Um, yeah, and then once we are saved, right? This, this isn't like a one-stop shop and move on with life. Once we are saved, we then get the gift of the Holy Spirit within us who continues then throughout the rest of our life to empower us, right, with continuous sanctification, growing in knowledge and discernment, as we go through life so we can get better and better at actually worshiping God rightly the way he wants us to, actually pleasing him and obeying him rightly. Yes, we'll still sin because the flesh is still in us, but then that's, that's one of the immediate most wonderful gifts of salvation is that you didn't get God in you to continue that work throughout your whole life to grow you in wisdom and discernment so you can actually worship him rightly and please him because without that, we are hopeless, and you cannot. It takes the Lord. All right. So if you hear nothing else today, please hear that. And if you have any questions on that, please ask me after, or any of the members of this church would be happy to talk to you about that more. Next, need discernment to fight temptation. And this just builds off of the Holy Spirit's um, work in us. You can write down Proverbs chapter 2. I will read just a snippet of it, but the whole chapter in totality together really makes this clear uh, and helps to drive the, the message home more than just the section I'm reading now of 11 through 15. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the path of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom and discernment provide the way to not do evil, to resist temptation and follow the Lord. They provide the strategy for which we should seek to deny the flesh and see Christ. All right. If you look, though, at the rest of the chapter, it just will make clear, though, that this is not possible outside of God, and it takes God to do these things. Um, so even in the Old Testament, they understood that, and that's why you see, even though they had these Proverbs and they had this wisdom, that continual pattern of sin, consequence, asking God for help and repentance, God saving them, and the continual cycle, because they didn't have God in them to make lasting change. So praise God. But Christ came, and we now have the benefits that they did not of the Holy Spirit within them and every Christian to grow them in life. 
and we actually now have the ability to not sin because as it says in ephesians our chains are broke free yes we have the flesh in us yes we still will sin but you are no longer a prisoner to it and you no longer have to do it and that's why we need discernment from the holy spirit so we can continue to grow in our ability to live more righteously and uprightly as he would have us to fighting and resisting sin because you're no longer a prisoner into it if you have christ you don't have to sin praise god all right and then lastly Move, I'm moving a little quickly so we can have a little more discussion before we close out. Um, I will just read us so we can keep moving, moving out. All right, it's to understand failure. We've talked a lot about this already, all right? So to understand failure, uh, we need discernment. Proverbs 27, verse 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So after we have learned what discernment is, how to get it and apply it and why we need it. We will go forward from here and we will have perfect discernment and make all the right decisions in life, knowing what jobs to take, when to buy a house, and all the things. Right? No, we will still be the simple and suffer. We will still make bad decisions. All right, let's close in prayer. No, okay. <laughs> but in, uh, so it's, yeah, Psalms 19, verse 12, who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. We don't even know the depravity of ourselves. We don't even know how much we sin. Only God knows us. So this just reminds us how much we need to trust the Lord because you're still going to fail. Bad things are still going to happen. Whether it's an intentional or not, you are still going to make mistakes and not have perfect discernment because you still have the flesh within you. You still have depravity that you don't know the depths of. Only God knows that. So praise God, right, that he loves you, that he's for you and not against you, and that he actually sends us his helper to get, help us through these things. And that even with the mistakes and fails, he'll use that to grow us and help us in the long run for eternity to grow in his likeness and bring us ever more closer to him. So do not be afraid to fail. Apply discernment from the word and trust in the Lord whatever it may be. It's not an attitude that you hear today of it is what it is or what happened will happen. No, that's what the world says. There's a difference between that and having a contentment of not it is what it is, but whatever the Lord wills, as it says in James, right? Plan for today or tomorrow. No, no, no. It's whatever the Lord wills. All right, so God's at work. Trust in him with our discernment, whatever it may be. So with that being said, today we looked at discernment. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, we studied a lot this semester, but do you have any questions on this topic? Reminding that we did a very broad level. This is just scratching the surface. There's a lot more to say on discernment, especially through all of Scripture. We're just looking at it through the lens of Proverbs. What confusion and questions do you have first before we go in discussion? Shannon. Uh, I had a question on the verse that you read, Proverbs 2, 11. Discretion mm -hmm. will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Mm -hmm. So I guess both questions, one on the discretion in this case, how we define it as a choice, and then the second part is the understanding will guard you. And how does that work when we read verses like 3, 5, through 6, do not lean on your own understanding or verses that talk about peace that surpasses understanding. So how does understanding then guard us? 
Yeah, so that's my fault. I was trying to like shorten it up. If you read the whole chapter, it does help to make more sense. Um, it, it goes back to that theme of that all wisdom and discernment come from the Lord. So when we're trusting in God and leaning into him and to his word, we're able then to have right, you know, apply discernment to have right discretion to make those right choices. That will watch over us making those decisions that please the Lord and that obey his word. That, that's what watches over us and guards us, is, is fear of the Lord, clinging to the cross, and going to Christ our Savior. Um, and just looking down, uh, yeah, I mean, going to verse, I'll start at verse 4. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden, for hidden treasure, it's talking about wisdom and discernment. Then you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, meaning he gives it to them, right? He's giving us wisdom in the sermon. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So yeah, this whole chapter talks about how we get wisdom in the sermon, that it comes from the Lord, that he gives it to you. And then that, when it's in, rooted in the word, when it's rooted in God, then it guards us and, and, and helps us to resist evil, resist temptation and make choices that actually please him? It's a great question. Thank you. Any other questions? Insights? Comments? Karen? That is a very, very good question. Um, so I will, that basically just sums up everything we've talked about today. So that's excellent. Thank you, Karen. So yeah, you go back to Psalm 19, 12, right? Who can discern his errors, declare me innocent from my faults? The flesh is still in us even after we're saved. We're st still depraved, sinful people. That's why you see all that that you're talking about. Um, but, so the Holy Spirit's role in it is as we pray to the Lord, as we seek him in his word, the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to us the truth so that we understand it and can rightly apply it, right? Now, you still see, like, okay, well, I understand that, but I see people who pray and are in the Word who still go off in the wrong way and, and, and do sinful things. So, one, know that, yes, we're all still sinful and we'll make mistakes. But two, you know, and this is always my go-to, that's the purpose of the church, right? That's why God gives us the church. That's why you see Paul adamantly with all fervor throughout the book of Acts going out across the world and planting churches so that you can build up a body of believers who can apply the scriptures to one another and hold each other accountable, right? That's why you come here every Sunday and hear the word applied to your life, hear um, our pastors teach and preach the word so you can grow in wisdom and discernment to guard and ward yourself against making those mistakes. Will you ever be perfect in it? No. But will you continue to grow in that ability? Yes. And Karen, I can say with absolute certainty, in the last couple of years I've known you and seen you, I have watched you grow in maturity and Christ-likeness. 
And you are a great example for any sister in this church to come and be part of your life and learn from you and your wisdom, both in the Word, from being at so much Bible time and being filled with God's Word, and how you applied it and continue to seek Him out. So keep on, sister. And that is a great note to end on. So I have one last suggestion for all y'all as we close out, as next week will be the final week of this series and uh, Jason will be applying the book of Proverbs and how to get more followers on your Twitter. Uh, as a joke. He's applying wisdom of Proverbs to social media, but not telling you how to get more followers. All right. But as we close out, we've studied a lot this semester, so continue your growth and wisdom. All right, end the sermon. Plugging myself. All right, continue growth and wisdom in the sermon. Don't just listen to what you did in the equipping hour and move on to the next class, but maybe take one of the classes that interests you the most or that you didn't understand and, and had a hard time working through. Look through that handout, relook at the verses, um, study them, try to continue to grow, labor for wisdom in these things. A lot of the teachers gave out book recommendations uh, for their topics. Grab one of the books they gave out. Read that with a couple other believers this summer. I did not give you any book suggestions. I don't have any, so <laughs> apologize up front. But um, yeah, look at a concordance. You know, look how that word and that topic is used throughout all of Scripture, not just in Proverbs. Continue to labor so you can grow in wisdom and better apply it in your life. Not just, you know, all these classes are supposed to just be a starting point to you launching out and continuing to learn these things and labor for it. It takes work, but it's completely worth it as we continue to grow in faith. So that's just my encouragement to you. Uh, and I'll go ahead and close us in prayer. Lord God, we pray the, the words of Philippians uh, 1.9 to you uh, is our prayer, Lord, that we would, uh, our love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that we may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes for Jesus Christ, to your glory and praise of God. Amen.